When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to what I think is episode 10 of Unapologetic. Uh, I'm Will Posnan. I'm joined by my co-host, Vegas Aces Center, Kia Stokes. Hello, hello. And uh, we're right in the thick of the NBA playoffs. The NBA playoffs officially start the first time that a game ruins my day. Like, I don't consider (laughs) anything that happens before my day has been affected by a playoff game. Like... If I haven't felt bad, then the playoffs haven't started yet. And they started with the uh, Celtics Nets uh, yesterday. Let's start there. Did you, uh, you're aware of that game. Did you see the ending? I am very aware of that one and um, not really excited how it ended. So I feel you on the ruining your day part because I woke up to some, uh, some bad news and then I'll end up watching at least the last like six minutes of the game um yeah didn't see that one coming so i'm a little a little hurt but i mean it is a long series so i feel like the nets are gonna be fine and i just didn't expect the celtics to really win but like yeah. they celtics only won the nets in game two of the conference. even the phone's um, upset about it <laughs> even siri sorry siri um siri bet yeah, on the game one right uh, they only won by one, though, so I feel like the Nets just do a couple of things. They'll be all right. I'm not too worried. Hopefully. I was just looking at it. I mean, I'm looking at the whole playoffs through the lens of Kevin Durant. Like, I, I just think that's the most interesting way to see it, to be like, this guy is the best player in the league, but he's on this team that had the craziest year. Like, the Lakers had a crazy year, but the Nets year was actually way crazier. It just, Kevin Durant made it work. Because he's just that good. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think the Lakers year was crazy. I think it was just unfortunate. Like, it was unfortunate that AD was hurt majority of the season. And, you know, LeBron kind of got hurt at the end. And it was unfortunate that, you know, Westbrook didn't really fit into the whole scheme of things. Um, But, no, the Nets dealing with James Harden and the Ben Simmons trade and then dealing with Kyrie was part-time, not part-time. Like that's just crazy. And somehow the the craziest thing about the Lakers season was how much it got talked about. It wasn't even that what happened was crazy. (laughs) It's that every TV at every mechanic was playing people yelling about the Lakers in the morning. I mean, what do you expect? They got LeBron. They got some of the highest highest paid players in the league. Of course, they're going to be the topic of every conversation. And it's always going to be the debate about, if LeBron doesn't get another ring, is he still going to be considered one of the greatest mm-hmm. ever? You know, it's never going to not be talked about. So it just, it was more unfortunate. But yeah, the Nets going through their season, that was crazy. I just feel like anything that could have went wrong or could have been an obstacle was an obstacle. And I've never even heard of a part-time player until now. Like, how do you not play your home games? I know there's a law. I know, <laughs> I know that there's reasons, but it makes no sense because how can he play in some away games against the same people but still can't even play at home. Like it just. Yeah, no, that's like a part-time president. (laughs) Nobody's ever like, 
oh yeah, our country has a part-time president right now. You're like, oh, our point guard, he plays home and what? I mean, this COVID shit is crazy. The what the way that COVID has affected all of this is crazy. Um, it's wild. It doesn't make sense. Like if you look at, I don't know, like the Jordan era, you're like, the way that all these guys interact, all of this would be impossible without COVID. Like with if COVID happened there, like. I, I don't know. The fact that, like, guys were meaner to each other on the court back then because they'd never experienced something like COVID. Like, imagine, <laughs> guys, imagine guys today being like, I want to hurt this guy on the, the other team. I hate him. It's like, well, you guys experienced COVID together. That would be silly. Yeah. <laughs> like, imagine, I'm just thinking about, like, the last dance documentary. Like, imagine Rodman just going to Vegas for a couple of days during COVID. <laughs> 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 that's he's that's kicked, so funny. He's getting kicked out the league for that one, because like yeah. literally, not only is that a obviously in Vegas you're going out, you're going to party, and he's hanging out with there. Carmen Electra, who literally <laughs> would be the celebrity that would have caught COVID the most times for the whole pandemic. You'd be like yeah, in so. the news, you'd be like, oh, Carmen Electra has COVID again. Be like, oh, I wonder if Rodman got it. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, Rodman would, yeah, no, Rodman would be more part time than Kyrie. He would just be on, yeah, he'd be he would always league. be in the health and uh, safety protocols for a COVID related <laughs> illness. That's every box score would say that, like, did not play COVID related illness. <laughs> like, we're not gonna have, we're not gonna have hateful beefs in in basketball. I think for a long time. Like, if you look at like the Grizzlies. Timberwolves series, like these teams are both framed as two of the most hard-nosed teams. Like you have Anthony Edwards, who's like probably the most physically intimidating guy in the whole league right now. And then you have John Morant, who's like the most fearless. And these teams are hard-nosed and their dads, the dads of John Morant and Kat are hanging out before the games and on Instagram <laughs> live together. Like the hate is gone. Guys aren't good. Like the Isaiah Thomas, Larry Bird hatred that's gone because people went through COVID together. Um. Well, I would say the hatred is gone, but I don't think it's because of COVID. I just think that's the time. So maybe COVID kind of had its way in that, but I just think that's the, the era now. Like people don't really have like the beef that they used to. They're not really trying to, like if they, like, they want to win on the court, but after that, it doesn't really matter because I feel like as we, the game progresses and time goes on. You kind of just like, you know, show, do my job. We trying to win. But after that, like, you know, we can still be buddies. I feel like there's not the same separation that there was, you know, like 20 years ago, or maybe that's just me. No, I, I feel, I think it too. It's like just the idea of, I mean, if you go, if we go back to Celtics nets, like Kevin Durant is a mentor for Jason Tatum Kyrie Irving is a mentor for like these are both guys who mentored Jason Tatum. It didn't impede either one of their ability to try to win the game. They weren't like, oh my friend. Nobody thinks oh, like that. Not. But there was that idea in the '90s of like, oh, you couldn't work out with a guy because you might go easy on him at the end. It's like it didn't look like either team was going easy. It looked like, I mean, I don't think that Kevin Durant and Kyrie were heartbroken. But there were some nets on the court that looked heartbroken after that loss. I mean, when you put your your heart and soul into a game and it's playoffs, I mean, you play 82 games to get to the playoffs. You, you don't want to lose because even look at last year, Phoenix and Milwaukee in the finals, 
like the every game could mean something. So even the if the Bucks would have maybe won one of the first two, like maybe they would have swept the whole series. Or even in one in like game three or four, if Phoenix would have won, it could have changed the series entirely. So yes, it's a long series, but you never know. One game could be the difference, especially if you fight so hard to either come back and then you don't win. It's kind of defeating. I mean, that happened to mm-hmm. us actually last year in yeah. our semifinals against Phoenix. Like we were just almost there but not and then the second game when diana tarazi just went off and killed us like we couldn't do anything about it but that one game can kind of change a series because we were favored to win and then they you know we end up going back to phoenix in a one one series instead of two and zero so you know one game so it's kind of tough because you think like oh we were so close we should have stole that one or we should have got it and you didn't and it can't change it but i do think the nets are going to be fine um i mean i hope so I hope I so too. Celtics, I don't want the Celtics to win. <laughs> I mean, it's scary because so look, going back to looking at it through the Kevin Durant is the best player in the league lens. He's going to have to beat this really good Celtics team. Then next, he's going to have to beat a really good Milwaukee team and then a really good Miami team, probably. I mean, he might face other teams and then the Suns possibly at the West. And the thing that's so interesting to me is like, this year feels like it's anybody's year because people know that next year the Nets get a full year Ben Simmons and they get Josh Harris back. And more importantly, maybe the Nuggets get back Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. And so it's like people know how much better those two teams are going to be next year. Mm-hmm. So this year, even though it feels like the Suns and Bucks think they're better than everybody else, you have teams like the Celtics that are like, we need to win this year because next year the Nuggets and Nets are going to be way better. Yeah, it's a it's really competitive this season, which is exciting. Um, I mean, even the NCAA tournament was exciting, just the basketball in general. So I think that kind of carried over to the NBA playoffs. A lot of teams have a lot to prove, and I, I think, like you said, they think that this is the year. And not saying the Lakers was ever going to win a championship this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was hoping and praying, but not having LeBron in the playoffs, I feel like it's another thing. Like, we haven't seen that in – well, it's been – he's had a couple, you know, rough. But since the bubble, you know, LeBron, yeah. their Lakers haven't really been doing what they're supposed to do. Um, so not having LeBron in the playoffs, I think, is a big – even though he's not – I don't know if he's the best player currently in the league. I mean, he's always going to be one of the greatest ever. But not having LeBron there, I think it's kind of a, a big deal because who wants to face him in the playoffs? Like, even no, if he's on sure. a bad team or even if their team wasn't doing well, like, you never really want to play LeBron because he's a – he can be that guy and kind of make nothing out of something or something and out of he, nothing. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, for sure. I mean, that's the thing that Durant does too. I think that the thing for LeBron is just like, it is pretty, a pretty simple reason for why he's not here. It's just, they missed Anthony Davis for the whole year health wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, it's kind of like, it makes sense in your brain. You're like, Oh yeah. Team that the league is this talented. If you're missing one of your two best players, it's really hard to make the playoffs. But Durant had similar stuff happen, which is crazy. And yeah, guys, the fact that James Harden was there for two weeks wanting to quit, wanting to be out of there, mad at everybody, like that stuff wears on you. And he just transcended it. I mean, that's amazing to me. It is. Um, It is. It's just crazy. I just don't know what it would be like to actually play with the player who's vocally like, I just don't want to be here. Like, I, I feel like that's yeah. crazy to me. And it just seems like James Harden hasn't really been happy with any team he's been on for a while. So it's just like, 
The vocal part is what's crazy. The fact that everybody is crazy. Yeah, like walking into work and just seeing like go to the locker room and you just like you don't even want to be here, bro. Like, why are you here? Like that's what I feel like that's what I would be like. Like, why are you here if you don't want to be here? Like, go or sit out or do something. Yeah, that's that's what Draymond. That's what that's like the Draymond side of like, oh yeah, it can't be like somebody's got to mention it. Like, but I think a lot of teams they don't have a person like that who's gonna even like you just have a person sitting in the side of the room not wanting to be there. I don't. I mean, that would be really strange. It would. How do you even approach that? Because then it's like, do you even want them on the court? Because if they don't want to be here, are they going to give their best effort? Are they going to try? Are they going to be a liability? And as a teammate, you know, I don't know how it is for men, but like for women, we're all, you know, camaraderie. Like we got to do this together, win for each other. Like we're all a family. Well, they try to make it like that. So I don't know if it's the same thing in an NBA locker room. Like, do they think of it as a family or is it like, this is just our job. I'm going to do my job. If you don't do your job, that's on you. I don't know. That would be the, the hardest part. Cause it's hard to try to, you know, lift up 15 or 14 other people and try to get them to win the game when you're actively knowing that someone just doesn't want to be here. Well, so we'll like, are we'll, they essentially trying to sabotage us? I would think that. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll like put a pin on this and we'll, we'll get back to, like we'll go talk about the inside the NBA locker rooms dynamic of this after the playoffs. I'll write this down and we'll we'll revisit this because uh, okay, bet. <laughs> I mean, it's it is like an interesting idea of like how do you, you know, we got the goal that we're trying to get to. How does everybody see their role in it for sure? Um, what mm-hmm. series? Okay, if you want to talk about one more series, we've talked a little about Grizzlies, Timberwolves, and a little about Nets, Celtics. What other one? is interesting to you? Um, I don't know. I'm gonna let you answer that and I'm gonna go based on what you say. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, it's, for me, it's Bulls Bucks. It's Bulls Bucks. And it's cause the idea of DeMar DeRozan as the best guy on the championship team, um, or the co-best guy was Zach Levine. I mean, I know that they're, they're missing guys like, Lonzo's not in perfect health. Pat Williams isn't in perfect health. Um, and their bench is young and it'll be better next year. But I also, you know, DeMar will be older next year. So I think that mm-hmm. if they aren't competitive with the Bucks, then I don't think the season was a success. I think they need to have a very competitive series. And if that's a classic series and, you know, I think that you could go, okay, for both two good teams played each other. But if one team dominates the other for the series, then I think that that team is not as good as they thought they were. Um, well, I feel like we already knew, I don't want to say we knew, but wasn't there a stat going around that the Bulls lost to the top teams? Like they're 0-15 against the top teams in the league. Like, I feel like that kind of defines it right there that right. Yeah, they were doing well and tomorrow's having a great or is having a great season but if they can't perform against top teams in the regular season how likely are they to do that in the postseason yeah well for me it was just that they had a lot of injuries throughout the year and they're supposedly healthier now i mean at least they got patrick williams back so like i don't know and then caruso got hurt i feel like they had the low-key injury luck where they had a lot of role players that got hurt and then their stars mm-hmm. stayed healthy, but yeah, they still should be everyone. able to compete again. I don't know. I mean, also like looking at them against the bucks, 
and where they get their offense from. It's like if Drew Holiday is shutting down DeMar or shutting down Zach Levine, mm-hmm. like obviously they're going to have to work, but if they're being shut down, then it's like this isn't your star player. But they felt like both those guys felt like stars to me at so many different times during the regular season. So that's well, they why. were playing great during the regular season, but going back to kind of the injuries, yeah, you know, maybe the stars weren't hurt and it was more of the role players, but like I said, you need a team to win. So your stars can play great, and then if, you know, the rest of the players aren't doing their job, it's kind of going to affect it. So I don't know. That's a that's a tough one. But, like, what are the chances DeMar plays like he did this year, next year? Or you think it was just, like – No, I think he can – I mean, I think his game ages really well because it's all based around like footwork and getting the spots and all. At least his offensive game, I don't mm-hmm. think will get worse. But it's just a question of like, it's not going to. I mean, I don't think it would drastically get better. And I, I mean, I, I think that they're a good team. I, I thought that they would play somebody competitive in the first mm-hmm. round, and I don't think the Bucks are the worst matchup for them. Like Giannis. Mm-mm can take away the rim to an extent, but he shouldn't be able to take away the rim from Zach Levine. And then DeMar's game is going to be less affected by a guy like Giannis than Chris Paul's game would be, or then, mm-hmm. you know, Jason Tatum's game would be because DeMar doesn't have to go all the way to the rim. Right. I mean, and I he doesn't have to pull yeah. up is good anyways. So do you think, so what do you think that series is going to end in? Uh, I think that it, if I thought like being optimistic about the Bulls, I would say six. But if the Bulls will impress me with seven, but I think like if it doesn't get to six, then I don't think that they should. I, I don't think they should go. These are our guaranteed starters next year. Like they should look around and, you know, maybe choose who they're building around, which is, or maybe it's probably a different team around Zach. Like you're going, we're going to build around Zach with different guys. And the other big question for me is Vucevic. Like, is he going to score enough that it like he he needs to really score because mm-hmm. he need, he's not going to be defensively on the level even close to the buck who the Bucks are playing at center. So if he doesn't right. really really score, then he's a possible person where I'm like, this team can't work if he's the center for it. Even though he's was had a great regular season too. Yeah, I mean that'll be tough, I guess. Well, the good thing is, well, I don't know if it's good, but a lot of the game now is just let's see if we can outscore everybody. So if he can put points up, I guess that's, <laughs> that is good. Um, but I mean, the it's more COVID safe there. to have centers <laughs> shooting three pointers than to have them in the post. You know. Yeah, um, unless you're Steph Curry who gets double teamed at half court, then yeah, you know, it's a little rough. <laughs> That's another thing with watching KD. It's just crazy. It's just crazy to watch a six foot eleven guy get double teamed at half court. Wild. I mean, it's a great compliment, but that's just wild. He's definitely the tallest person to ever get double teamed at half court. There's nobody. There's no time Hakeem was ever double teamed at half court. Well, no, no seven footer or almost seven feet has handles like him. Not saying he's gonna do anything crazy, but he can take care of the ball. He can push in transition. He can shoot over anybody. Like yeah. it's just incredible. It's ridiculous. It's that's why the Nets got to win. Like I was yes. so mad last year when they man they lost because his foot was on that line I, every day. Every I time know. they play the playoffs, they 
size 17s, whatever size foot he got, just on the line. I was looking, and I was at that game. Mm. Looking through the NBA through like the Kevin Durant hero narrative of like the most heroic thing maybe any athlete is doing in sports is the way Kevin Durant came back from that gruesome injury in the finals. Like nobody has injuries like that and comes back and is at this level. Like nobody's done this. So to look at the NBA playoffs, just wanting Kevin Durant to be validated on that path is like the most high stakes frustrating thing because you like whose foot is on the line? <laughs> on the line on a game winner. When does that happen in history where it's like, and then Clyde Drexler hit a game winner over Jordan, but his foot was on the line, so they lost. It's never happened. Like, it doesn't happen. I'm so mad. Like, oh, I was so mad. I was hurt. I'm rooting for him, though. And I, I'm also, I don't mind any of the Kyrie stuff. I've, I don't know, man. To me, it's always like, it makes me feel more connected with him that he can't self-censor. It's like he wants to like, okay. So he gave the middle finger to the Boston fans. That's one way to look at it. I look at it like he was holding back the middle finger the whole game. And then for 30 seconds, he was unable to stop himself. And as he was doing it, he knew he, he regretted it. He knew he was going to regret it. He just couldn't stop himself. I mean, I just think it's hilarious. Like, as athletes, we're, yeah, we're entertainment. Yeah, you know, fans come and pay for tickets to watch us, but that doesn't give the fans a right to kind of say whatever and treat us like we're just like objects. I don't know if that's the right way to phrase it, but it, the, I don't think it's safe like the TV screen. They, some, some fans do legit treat you guys like the TV screen. Yeah, like we're not even human. So if you want to be talking shit the whole game and then at one point I want to give you the middle finger and now it's a big deal. Like, I don't think that's – like, you started you know this. It's if not you like was... Kyrie is just coming out the locker room is like, all right, Celtics fans, where you at? And I'm going to just send the bird to all you. Like, yeah, this is where this, it's during Ramadan. Like, come on, isn't this about like – I don't even know. No, it's <laughs> but... for sure reactive. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't like he started it. Nobody was like – and then we were all just sitting in our seats eating our food and Kyrie came out and gave us the middle finger. And the other thing is, if it's such a big deal, then it shouldn't get media coverage. If Kyrie giving the middle finger is so offensive, then why even talk about it? Just let people not know about it. So it's one of those yeah. things where it's like, it's kind of harmless. And then the other thing is, you can also see it through like, this guy was, people were saying stuff at him to the point that he couldn't not give the middle finger. Yeah, I mean, and he even said it at the press game, the, the little press conference, he was just like, I'm going to just return the same energy. I said, okay. that. But I feel like that's how it should be. He's not doing anything physical. He's not, you know, jumping in the stands trying to fight somebody. He's just, like, tired of hearing somebody keep talking shit. I think that's valid. Yeah. not saying that every person that says something you should have a reaction to. But if it gets to that point, you know, middle finger here or there, yeah, this kid's watching. Maybe he shouldn't do it. Maybe the fans yeah. just, like, chill for a little bit as well. I mean, the NBA can always do, like, the whole $5,000 fine thing where it's like, hey, please don't do will. it. Yeah. but And that's not a, a huge deal either. Like, to me, it's the same as when you hear a guy curse on Mike where it's like, yeah, I, ideally, they people wouldn't do it, but also people do it. And if it's a big deal, then just don't show it to people. Yeah, but of course that's never going to happen. They're going to always yeah. show the 
they the love things it. that were the things that athletes do wrong or they should have done better. They're always going to show that. But um, the one thing that did catch me off guard is, do you know why that lady chained herself? Yeah. To the to the thing, because yeah. I saw that briefly, and we kind of talked about it before our practice today. But I'm still unsure on what. The, I think it's an animal cruelty thing. I think that the guy who owns the Timberwolves owns a, owns like a bunch of mass farms or supermarkets or some some industry that is part of the mistreatment of chickens. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, mass, I you know, mass farming is a, there's a whole, there's a whole like path to go down with mass farming. I don't know that much about it. Um, but I mean, she certainly raised, raised awareness. So I don't well, know. I didn't, I didn't get that awareness. I had to ask you for it. I just saw. That's true. Like, Secondhand awareness. A lot of people <laughs> were curious why she, so what were you guys talking about at practice about it? Um, we were just kind of, first I was like, why did she do it? And they still didn't know. And then <laughs> as I tried to find more info, I'm thinking, so how did she, how did nobody notice that she was there chained? And like she didn't have, she didn't have no sign, no nothing. She was just there. With They're not equipment. expecting any of this stuff. I think Antonio Brown showed us that like the, the <laughs> security, everybody standing around in a stadium is not expecting an actual thing to go wrong. Anytime it happens, there's like, you know, they're never ready. They're never like, there's no system. It's literally like, like one of them uh, basketball game had a streaker at it. I, I don't know where, but they showed it on YouTube. I saw the, the whatever. And it's like, nobody knew that a streaker was going to happen until there was a naked person on the court. And then the security were just, they're just like guys who would be, you know, bouncers or sitting or like at a bank or something. Like it's just a security guard from anywhere that just has to react to an activist or a streaker or whatever. But that's or crazy because I feel like anytime I've been to a a game or if we even in the bubble, so you know, we're all playing at the same venue and you just want to go in and watch somebody else play, if you don't have your credential on, top fight security in their little yellow jackets were like, excuse me, you can't come in here. And I'm like, yes. yo, I literally just played in this game. Like, I can't come and watch this. And they're like, oh, okay, sorry. So I'm like, you wanna, you wanna stop somebody who just walk in to look, but you don't see somebody who's naked on the court, or you don't see this lady chained up. So well, they don't. Sense. That's the thing. They keep them at the checkpoint, and the protester or whoever streaker in either category, they don't say who they are at the checkpoint. So like, they go to the the court. And then they take their clothes off and run across the court. If they were waiting in the line naked, then yeah, they would for sure get pulled out. Well, of course, but like how they just be chilling. Like how does she just go chill by the, the basket? I know she ain't have no floor seats. So how she just how she get there? I mean, I'm sure there's an aspect of white privilege to just walking to the hoop <laughs> and chaining yourself to it. And people don't wonder why you're walking towards the hoop with a chain until you're you're there. Yeah. Till it's done. Well, I did see that she had kind of covered up, but still, I'm like, why? Why you got a blanket at a basketball game, or why you covered in a towel? I don't know. It just doesn't. Was she was she prepared to be there a long time? That would have been great. Like maybe, I don't know. That's the thing is, it was always going to go that way. It is kind of crazy. Like people just picked her up and walked out with her. Like, 
wild, yeah. wild times. But I mean, that's like, a, you can't do this. No, there's a basketball game going on. I'm sorry. Yeah. During I mean, the I show, don't know when she go ahead. Yeah. I was just gonna say during a show is the only time where it's unacceptable for somebody to like to disrupt the whole thing. For I don't know. I well, I don't even know what I was gonna say. I, I lost <laughs> it. Uh, I'll try to not. remember it. Yeah, it's all right. That was really <laughs> it. I just thought that was interesting. Although I did see that she got taken out, you know, a little over midway through the second. So I wonder how long she was there. Because that's kind of a long time when she did it to start the game. But I can't imagine they just let a random lady not in their seat for, you know, 20 minutes. I feel like that can't be possible. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel like that's that's not – I don't know. Is, do you think that'll happen? Like something like that will happen again throughout the playoffs, or is it just going to be like? Do you think there's going to be a a bask a non basketball story w- throughout the playoffs, or you think just basketball? Um. Well, I feel like since that happened, and you know, the first round, I think that maybe security will be a little more heightened. But unless it's a political protest with the players involved or anything of that sort, where it's directly related to the players, I don't think it's going to be a, a non-basketball story unless, you know, somebody's yeah. still cussing at someone in the crowd or something funny happens or, like, if a, a ball goes out of bounds and knocks a lady's beer in her face, you know, stuff like that. Because, um, like, you saw the Mikhail Bridges thing um, of him throwing the mouthpiece and stuff, and I was actually – I thought that that could have been made into, like, a huge thing, but I actually thought that it got handled – how it should, which is just like he did the wrong thing. We all need to, we all need to chill. Like yeah. you can't be doing stuff like that, but also we're not going to make a crazy example out of you. But I think that part, like partly because so many teams feel it's their time. I feel like this is an especially stressful playoffs. Like guys are mm-hmm. stressed and you have a lot of perfectionists around the league right now. And uh I wonder if there's like, that's one thing I really like about John Moran's dad and Kat's dad hanging out before the games is like, I see other places where the context is almost like if this team doesn't achieve perfection, then we're gonna, then we're going to be furious. Like, yeah. I mean, it goes kind of back to what I said, you know, you play the whole season to get to this point. You're everything is heightened. Like, you just want to win. Every every team thinks that they have a really good chance this year. It's going to be a competitive playoffs. I really think it will be. I don't, I don't think there's just one favorite who's just, what, like, heads above everyone else. So I think it's really, like, everyone thinks that they have a chance to win. So any little mistake, anything that you did wrong, or if you go back and watch the game, you're like, oh, if I just did this, we could have won. Or if I did this, maybe they wouldn't have did this. So, of course, everyone's going to feel the pressure. They want to win. And, you know, well- stress can make people do crazy things no we'll we'll talk about this series last just briefly and then we'll we'll wrap up but you see it with atlanta miami like atlanta had a great you know they had great games in the plan they played great twice then they got the miami heat and you felt going into that series that atlanta thought that they should be competitive and once that series start started it's like i don't think they are competitive i don't think they're going to be competitive i think the heat are way better and you all you already see Atlanta kind of folding on itself where it's like, they're going to call the season a huge failure 
And there's going to be so many teams like that. Like in Memphis, Minnesota, if Memphis loses to a very good Minnesota team, they're going to consider this season a huge failure. If Denver loses to uh, – who's Denver playing again? They're playing uh, – oh, uh, the Warriors. If Denver loses oh. to a very, very good Warriors team, they're going to consider – without their two best players, then yeah. – but, you know, it's a, it's just like a crazy time to be an NBA team. Well, no, if the Warriors lose to a very good Denver team, the Warriors would be like, this is a huge failure, but, you know, Denver has the MVP. So there's just all these teams that have these goals. The Warriors are one of them. Like the Warriors, you can tell that they consider themselves a championship favorite in their own mind. Absolutely. I mean, as they should, they've proven themselves, even with injuries and, you know, Clay coming back, Steph in and out, Draymond in and out. You know, it's it's tough, but it's still Golden State. And, you know, Steph could get hot, whatever, and he could shoot that from the other end of the court, and it's still going to 50-50 chance of going in. So at any point, you know, I think they, of course, they have every right to think they're a championship team. I don't think That's, they're going to win. But Yeah. I don't well, know. one of these teams <laughs> that thinks that they're a championship team is going to lose because the Heat think they're a championship team. Milwaukee does. Even Utah does. So not all these Utah's teams that – Utah's not winning. I know, but they don't think that. <laughs> they really think – that they can win the championship with this team. And, uh, yeah, they're not going to. But, we'll. See. I mean, maybe. I don't know. No, they're not going to. I mean, I guess you never know. But, like, I feel like I know. But Atlanta <laughs> thought they were going to. Atlanta was like, you know, this is the same team as last year. We just had some bad injury luck during the regular season. But now it's the playoffs. Anybody's playoffs. Maybe, maybe they just was a little shaky to start. You know, you now, know it's still early. You never I watched know. the I watched too much of the game to think that Atlanta, yeah, Atlanta just, they're not going to, especially without Capella. They just can't be physical enough for a whole game and be focused enough for a whole game. They're not going to beat Miami. I I think they're going to get swept. Oh, no, I don't think they're going to get swept. Yeah. I just, I just think Miami is just a better, a better team. But I, I, the first, yeah, I'm not, I'm just going to ignore the, the first game, but I do think that it'll be competitive going forward i really hope so nobody wants to be nobody wants to play bad and get swept i feel like they have heart and pride like they're not i like atlanta a lot i like atlanta's team a lot i I like their young players a lot um but yeah i think they're gonna get swept and i think that they're gonna probably blame the wrong people internally like i i like their coach a lot and i don't think that they should get rid of their coach i think that they just need they just have, you know, like sometimes a team, um, when they get good early, like Memphis got mm-hmm. good when those guys were very young. So they have these vets within the organization that the young guys look up to so much. Like for Atlanta, it was Capella. Um, for Memphis, you know, it's like slow-mo. It's like uh, Kyle Anderson. Like they look up to a lot, but like if – for Atlanta and for Memphis, there's certain positions where they're going to have to, they're, you know, they're probably going to have to plug in a young player because the vet is going to be older by the time the young guys are at their absolute prime, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I still don't think they're going to get swept, though. <laughs> That's what I'm going to stick with. Okay, well, well, we'll see. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for making the time for this, and uh, thanks to the people listening. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Will Posnan, Kia. 
at kstokes41, Instagram and Twitter. I don't be on either one that often, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys, and uh, see you next week.